listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Every Monday, right here on the Podbean app and then on demand everywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. My name is Chris Lanuti, and joining me through the interwebs right now is Mike Pankow. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm doing okay, Chris. How are you doing today? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I know we got a lot of local stuff that happened. I know your girl, Tess Blanchard. Got back into the ring, and I believe there was a new champion. Is that correct? You want to start with that, or what do you want to jump into first? Yeah, we, we will definitely start with Warrior Wrestling, yes. Uh, this past weekend, uh, in the main event of the Warrior Wrestling Stadium Series Night 1, we had Chicago's very own Kylie Ray. She defeated the returning Tessa Blanchard to become the new Warrior Wrestling Women's Champion, and that ends a 16-month reign for Tessa at Warrior Wrestling. Now, um... I believe this was her first match of any kind since pre-pandemic. So this is uh, kind of a big deal for her to be back. Uh, like I said before, it was kind of weird that they couldn't, they didn't say her name leading up to the show, but obviously she was there. I watched the broadcast on Fight TV over the weekend. Uh, obviously they mentioned her name. She was there. Daga, her husband, was there. But anyway, back to the match great match and anytime i watch a kylie ray match i just think she's just so amazing from working from underneath which basically means you know she's kind of like during the match she's kind of taking the beating she's on the disadvantage for the most part but she kind of fights back rallies to win the matches uh, and in this match uh, there was no difference she overcame adversity uh, and ended up pinning tessa blanchard for the championship and um, this match actually happened uh, once before, I believe about maybe a year and a half or so ago at Zello Pro. And again, Tessa was the women's champion there. Kylie ends up beating her in that match as well. So Kylie has her number a little bit. And doing my research for this match um, and for the show last night, I realized back when we did our top 10 Chicago area wrestling workers, performers that do um, Chicago circuits on a fairly regular basis. I actually had Tessa and Kelly Wright dump one and two. So this was the two best in Chicago wrestling. You're right ahead. about that. I, I distinctly remember your two, uh, your number one and your number two on that list, the top 10 Chicago workers list right now. We're going to have to do another one of those soon. Uh, and you had the two of them up at the top. Does, does Tessa lose the belt and – is is this all because she's unreliable? I mean, I got to ask that question. Is it because she didn't get back into the country, because she didn't show up for other promotions, because nobody's seen her in so long that Warrior's like, we just can't have this belt on somebody else. We, we've got to put it on somebody we know is going to show up and be there. Is that? Do you think that's the reasoning behind it, or am I reading too much into it? Well, I think, um, well, the, I think the impact wrestling situation was independent of the Warrior wrestling situation. 
Uh, I think you know, um, like Tortorello some- looks at that over there at Warrior and goes, I don't know, I would hate it if all of a sudden she had my belt and I couldn't get her back over. Or, or you you think that that was actually just bad blood at Impact and she uh, that's not that's not her. There's no way Warrior would look at it and be like, oh, there's no way that she would do that to us. I think it's basically a, a situation between Tessa and Impact. Uh, her contract was coming up there. Um, it was running out. I, I think she wants to go somewhere else, whether it's WWE, AEW, or, or wherever. But yeah, as a, you know, she still works the independence, or she's still allowed to work independence as it when she was an Impact contracted worker. So she was doing the Warrior Wrestling stuff, and they loved her over a Warrior. Uh, Steve and Eric um, just keep always rave about her and what she does to help the shows out, bringing in the fans, bringing in the other talent to face her. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it was more of a case of impact against Tessa rather than having. I don't think Warrior Wrestling would would have any problems with her, and and I don't think she would stick up Warrior uh, stand up Warrior Wrestling in any way. Okay. All right. Uh, back to the show. Uh, let me run down some of the other happenings. Uh, it was another really, really stacked card at Warrior, and in the um, one of the other huge matches, Warhorse kind of upset Joey Janela from AEW. Uh, he becomes the number one contender for the Warrior Wrestling Championship, and now that match, Warhorse and Brian Pillman Jr. will be this Saturday, September the nineteenth, at night two of the Stadium Series. And then another interesting little note from this match, after Warhorse leaves, he celebrates. Joey Janela is a little slow in getting out of the ring after he was stunned. Two masked men jump in the ring and start kicking the crap out of Janela. One is kind of a somewhat of a tall, slender guy, and the other one is a little skinny dude. And they peculiarly, you know, fit the description of Frank the Clown and Robert Ego Anthony, who weren't booked for the show. So I guess next time on the 19th, we will find out if it really was those two under the mask, because obviously we didn't find out on Saturday. It was a big surprise, you know. We'll see how that happens. And we'll talk about that a little bit later toward the end of the show when we talk about upcoming events. And then let's go back to the show. Um, the Rascals, Dez, Trey, and Wentz, they defeated Chris Bay, Myron Reed, and Jordan Oliver in another thrilling, high-impact, high-flying six-man tag match. And in fact, it was this one spot for about a minute where everybody kind of slowed down. It was kind of like if when you were a kid and you put a VCR tape in and you hit the pause button and you hit that little slow forward button. They actually did this for about a minute where they were kind of like just – going super slow and hitting each other. And then (laughs) they would run the ropes very slowly. And it was um, kind of funny. (laughs) Someone was saying, oh, maybe it was the smoke. Um, The Rascal, part of their gimmick, the Rascal's gimmick is they're 420. Supposedly they're 420 and, you know, they, you know, do that type of thing, which is why it was kind of saying smoking the ganja? Lighting the weed, doing yeah, the it was, uh, it was implied as such. It's yes. illegal in Illinois now, uh, Mike. It's okay to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, Nick, yeah, Nick Houseman from time to time is what you're telling me. Yeah, Nick Houseman on the broadcast made that vividly clear on Fight <laughs> TV. So, as Tim Cornette would say, anyway, 
Let's go back to the card and round off the batches. Brian Cage defeated Benjamin Carter, and Carter really looks strong here. Uh, Cage did a nice job of making the young high flyer look good, incredible. And then Daga defeated Isaiah Velasquez in the uh, male half of the Tessa and Kylie Ray battle. So those two couples went one and one. Daga got the upper hand over Isaiah. Thunder Rosa defeated Kimberly in another strong women's match. I thought that was terrific. Uh, unfortunately, Thunder Rosa won't be coming back to either the next two shows, I believe, at this point. But Kimberly, I believe, will be. So she showed very well. She's the Shimmer World Champion, which is an all-women's promotion that runs out of the Chicago area. So a lot of people are familiar with her work already. And she's also been a frequent uh, contributor to AAW. So a lot of people know who Kimberly is. She just got married to Wentz of the Rascals as well. So as long as the Rascals are booked, I can totally see Kimberly being part of the Warrior Wrestling family. So the two very nice uh, women performers coming in and doing a great job. And then we had Alex Shelley of Impact Wrestling defeating fellow Impact Wrestling star TJP in what was an absolute wrestling clinic. Pretty awesome. And then they won a kind of a goofy offbeat match. We had Elena Black defeating Dan the Dad after Elena broke Dan's glasses, you know, and Dan kind of acted like the old Velma trick from Scooby-Doo where she couldn't find her glasses. I can't find my glasses. Dan the Dad is the guy that goes out and he he scolds people, right? Yes. He scolds people while he's in the middle of the match and tells Mm -hmm. them that they're doing wrong like he's a disapproving father. Yes. Something needs to be done with, I mean, like, he almost needs a female wrestler that he's just constantly, like, disappointed in, right? I mean, like, he almost turn <laughs> into a heel if he's always disappointed in this very independent, like, female wrestler. I would think that would be, like, a great angle for him. I think that would be kind of cool, yeah. And I thought they, they, Elena and, and Dan did a great job of uh, telling a story. Elena gets the victory. And then finally, the last match I had not touched upon yet, Filthy Tom Lawler came back, the former uh, uh, MMA star and MLW star. He came and defeated Kevin Koo of Violence Fervor in a very uh, submission-heavy match, but Lawler got the pin rather than the submission. So obviously two tough guys, one's not going to tap out against the other. Overall, another great show from Warrior Wrestling. We will talk about night two of Warrior Wrestling toward the end of the show when we run down a huge week of local Chicago wrestling. Well, what's amazing is that Warrior is now churning them out. You know, remember, like, they were doing their first one just, I would say, about a month ago, and now it feels like they're churning. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, like, it's like we're back and let, let's do some wrestling, and they probably have some very anxious stars. Do you get the feeling that, like, that's what it is? I mean, that's what I'm kind of getting here is that you had a lot of people sitting on the bench for months who can't wait to get back to, to work. It's probably easy for a promoter to find what he wants and get the kind of show he wants set up, set up because not everybody's actually promoting right now. And if you've got a good reputation like warrior and you could put together what you want to put together, I'm pretty sure anybody you call up is like, yep, I'm there. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty much uh, the thought. I mean, uh, there's a lot of hunger for wrestling. They, they did the show outside again on the football field, which I, I totally forgot to mention, you know, Saturday's weather was very, very, um, Difficult at first to navigate uh, because there was a lot of concern that the show might not even run on Saturday night, that they might have to postpone it to Sunday afternoon. But the rain stopped. Thankfully, there wasn't any really thunder or lightning out there. They got the show in. However, 
after the Janella attack by the two masked men, the rain did come down for a few minutes. So they actually had a rain delay where they stopped the show. It's kind of like a baseball game. They brought out the tarp to put over the ring canvas. So that was kind of a, a, a chuckle moment. So they, they had to wait about 10 minutes, and it was just a little bit of a, a quick shower, move through, and then they're of the – I think they actually swapped out the canvas. They um, dried stuff off, and they, they went on with the show after that. So great they job need, by – They need a grounds crew, you know? They yes. need a crew to like, like in between a baseball game inning. Like I want to say it's between the sixth and the seventh. They always have the crew go out there, and they go and they run the stuff across the infield dirt. And after <laughs> somebody goes and spreads around a little bit of dry dirt over the wet dirt, like they need somebody to just drop some talcum powder down or something who's got like a grounds crew shirt. It'd be hysterical for outdoor wrestling. Something a great gimmick. Added there in case. Yeah, you need a gimmick. That's a great uh, like warrior wrestling grounds crew. You could sell those shirts. I mean, that, yeah. that money maker right there. Send me 10%, Steve Tortorello, because I just gave <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have to forward that idea on to Steve, indeed. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go a little national before we go back to local. Uh, AEW Dynamite this past week. One of the most interesting things that I noticed, Matt Hardy is on the show. He comes in back and cuts a promo. Now he appears to be taking time off. And this is a little weird considering AEW said he was okay to finish the match at all out against Sammy Guevara. They but keep doubling down on it, Mike, don't they? I mean, it's it's yeah. so funny. We did our show last week. You can still get it on demand anywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. They continue to double down on the idea it wasn't a concussion. And yet yeah. the Hardy camp, including his wife, keeps going, yes, it was. It's incredible how, like, this is like there are two groups here that just don't agree and I would imagine that a guy like Hardy is probably stuck in some sort of contract is like, I'm not coming back here. I'm injured. I'm not coming. And if you guys can't even admit that you screwed up, why? I'm Matt Hardy for crying out loud. You know, I mean, I got I got shoes in my locker older than some of the people in charge around here. I mean, if you're Matt Hardy, that's how you feel. <laughs> yeah, totally. And now all of a sudden he's not fit to wrestle. It, it just boggles my mind all of a sudden. You know, it. I think Matt just should just take the time off, recover, concussion or not. I mean, it definitely looked like go somewhere else, Matt. If they're gonna if they're gonna yeah. do that, you just go somewhere else. You you can do whatever you want to do, Matt Hardy. Yeah, I just think he needs to take it easy, and I know his wife probably still isn't happy about it. Uh, and one of the coolest moments of that Dynamite show, Nero, formerly known as Rusev, made his debut. He showed up on Dynamite. He's Nero, Nero Day! Nero Day! <laughs> but here's the thing. He came out, he was the best man for Kip Sabian. And Kip Sabian announced him as his best man for his upcoming wedding to fellow wrestler Penelope Ford. So uh, whatever that gimmick is going, or that story is going, it should be fun. Uh, I, I wrote down, it was a fun reveal, but somehow I think his debut could have had more impact or have been in a more impactful storyline. I mean, yeah. He's got to be sitting there right now going, how do I leave WWE after this ridiculous love story and all this other stuff that I was involved in? Now I'm back instead of being Rusev, I'm Miro, and I come walking in and I'm 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 part of a wedding. Like he's got yeah. is that what I am? I remember when I used yeah, to yeah. ride tanks into arenas. Yeah, smiling and holding the mic and uh, it really hair dyed blonde because he just recently did that uh, while he was on a Twitch stream. 
Now he's got blonde hair too. And it's like, man, this is a really weird uh, step for Mr. Miro. But uh, yeah, definitely. I kind of hope maybe this wedding angle will turn into something bigger for him pretty quickly. I mean, hopefully he maybe just just goes steaming mad, kicks the crap out of Sabian, and totally becomes a big monster like he was in his early WWE days. That's what I would like to see out of Miro. I agree. Anyway, yes, thank you. Anyway, WWE, real quick. Roman Reigns is now slated to face his cousin, Jay Uso, in a WWE Universal title match at Clash of the Champions in a couple of weeks. I'm not exactly sure where they're going with this. I mean, their their cousins, uh, Jimmy Uso, the brother of Jay Uso, is now out with an injury. So I guess they're giving Jay something to do here, giving him a little bit of rub of being with Roman Reigns. Um, I don't know. Jay Uso, great tag team wrestler, but can he really even show as a single hair? He's getting a big spotlight, big deal. Um, have to see how it, uh, it's plays almost like out. They're, just delaying, they're just delaying who Roman really is supposed to be feuding with, yeah. right? I mean, this is just yeah, like a delay. So championship because we don't have time to put together a storyline so what we're going to do is we're going to grab one of the usos we're going to have them go out there and fight them and then if we need to delay it more the other uso goes and 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 he's the second one in against reigns but i mean like if he's healthy yeah just a delay that's all this is i think so i think it's just giving roman something to do in the next couple months and maybe roman decides to just kick the living crap out of him to get even more heat on himself i think that might be where they're going with it right and also your um one of your crushes alexa bliss one of my my crush okay (laughs) i mean my 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 early on wwe crush is always miss elizabeth Later on, it became Trish Stratus, who's my favorite of all time. And now it's Alexa Bliss. She's the only WWE wrestler that I regularly <laughs> check on Twitter. And I love her. Any picture she takes, she's gorgeous. But go ahead. Alexa Bliss may end up joining The Fiend at some point. They've been kind of teasing this for a few weeks. There was a four-way women's match to determine the number one contender for Bayley's SmackDown women's title. And at one point, all of a sudden, Alexa just gets in this trance when she's outside the ring. There's like this faraway look in her eyes. She sees her friend, Nikki Cross, and gives Nikki a sister, Abigail, on the floor and then just walks back to the dressing room. I love it. Finish the match. I love it. I love it. I I mean, really, I just I love anything she's involved in. I just I love it. I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. She's she's by fury in my heart. Is she the Sister Abigail we've been waiting for for a long time? Wouldn't that be amazing she's possessed by Sister Abigail? Like, that'd be amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, but you know what? That's what I like to see. I like to see storylines that don't make a lot of sense and somebody who's a completely different type of character just just change. That's, like, the best part of wrestling. And you don't see it enough. And to have somebody – she is a talented wrestler. To have somebody like her take on this role I think is incredible. It's going to be great. Yes. All right. Uh, NXT, real quick before we get back to local. Finn Balor became a two-time NXT champion. He defeated Adam Cole in a match to award the vacant title after obviously Karrion Cross had to surrender that title a couple weeks ago following his win over Keith Lee to a, to, to a separated shoulder. So obviously Cross would be out for a little while and giving Finn Balor a little bit of a chance like once again to make a run with that title after he had that championship several years ago before jumping up to the main roster. 
So Finn Balor, once again, on top of NXT, a couple of really great matches over the last couple of weeks. That match, Balor and Cole, following the four-way 60-minute Iron Man match with those two, plus Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, which ended up in a tie with Balor and Cole getting two falls apiece, which is why they had to have this wrestle-off last week on NXT for that title. So a couple of really great matches in NXT over the last couple of years. So good stuff. Can I ask you a quick question, Mike? I mean, it just kind of comes when we're talking about all these different things, especially in WWE, you have all these these different storylines, and then you get these these crappy ones, like the filler that they're doing right now with Roman Reigns. Is the product hurt, do you think, because of the fact that we have so many superstars and we have to have them involved in something all the time across all these different promotions that we have to use this filler sometimes when in reality you could have four or five, six great storylines and they would fill up your raw and then possibly your SmackDown and you'd be done. And instead, because WWE has so much content that they're putting out, then you get this diluted stuff. Like, I mean, imagine in the old days, if Roman Reigns really wasn't ready for anything, he could rest up and do nothing for a week or two. Right. Mm-hmm. And you could be focusing yes. on the, the 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 sister Abigail, uh, you know, Alexa Bliss thing and the thing with the fiend. And you could you could be focusing on other things. And then he, all of a sudden when he comes back, it's a pop because you haven't seen him in two weeks. And instead, now we, we got to find something for everyone because we need to fill three hours on Raw and two hours on SmackDown. You got NXT yes. and you got everything on the network and and you lose track of some of these great storylines or things get so diluted when they could have been so much better. And I, I, that's how I feel like just listening to the breakdowns and watching the product. It's too much. They have too much content. That is part of the problem that the shows are so long. They got to try to stretch stuff out. I mean, back in the day when they had two hour raws in the attitude era, they were nonstop action. I mean, they, they were booking undercard talent with good storylines. People were just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I think I think it's a combination of just the, the, the booking isn't as good and there's just too much time on their hands. I mean, but think about I, it, like, I mean, you read the Mick Foley book from back in the day or the rock book from back in the day, or you hear the stories of back in the day, you know, right now, the biggest thing that you always hear is, Oh man, nobody gets a chance. Guys are always getting squashed. I have talent. Why can't I get out there? But when you had a two hour raw, man, you had to earn it to get out there. And those guys always talk about like you had to earn it. And now it's like, guys are more whining. Like I need another shot or they won't let me use my idea or something like that. When in reality, if it was a two hour thing, there'd be an awful lot of guys not getting their shot. It would force the cream, the rise to the top. You get better shows. I just feel like by diluting it now, everybody feels like they're owed a chance to go and do something. And in between really great storylines, you have, just crap you know you got like you got filler it, it, it becomes frustrating because then you lose track of the good storylines like think about it how much time does a wrestling fan really have in his week if he unless he doesn't have a family a job or any other interest in his life i mean i got three kids i i, I work 40 uh, 40 some hours a week running my own company i've got all these other things there's no way for me to keep track of every single thing going on in just the wwe so it's difficult. I, I, yeah. I miss out on things and then learn about it from you. And I go, well, I got to go find that now because otherwise I, I, I just, I, cause the filler gets in the way and that's the problem. I really think that they, they have too much content. You want to put that extra content on for the super fan, put it on your network, 
and 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 cut down this other stuff. I think it, I think you're killing your product. I really think you do. You are. Yeah, they, they do have an hour show that they post uh, on Hulu, and then eventually it gets to the network called Superstars. But generally, it's the bottom of the barrel people that they don't push as well. But yeah, maybe that's something they can look into in the future. I you make some great points, and we can do a whole half hour show. Just talking about how the evolution of all this has happened over the last 20 years from Attitude Era to now. Great, great points. We don't have time for that because we still got day two of Warrior. So let's 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 hustle up to that because I don't want to miss what you were going to talk about. Yeah, we got to hustle up. We got a bunch of local shows this week. And I really want to touch upon some of the other local shows as well. True Privilege Wrestling, which is run by Just Amazing. They have a show called Level Up in Maywood. Wednesday night, September 16th. It's a free admission show. Uh, K.O. Kendra, Just Amazing, Jeremiah Bishop, and more on that card. Then Thursday night, Zello Pros, Wrestling on Wheat Street in Chicago. Thursday, September the 17th, that's where we see the in-ring return of Drama King Matt, who was a guest just a couple weeks ago right here at Windy City Slam Podcast. He faces the Filth King Brewbaker. Plus, we have Laney Luck teaming up with two-time Windy City Slam Podcast guest, Missa Kate. They're taking on Elena Black and Blur Onyx. Kylie Ray will face Jay Raves. Warhorse makes his Zello Pro debut against Bryce Benjamin and a lot more. The show is already sold out. They had a limited ticket sell, but you can watch this show for $14.99 on Fight TV on Thursday night. Saturday afternoon, Chicago-style wrestling, alive and super kicking. It'll be an outside show outside of D'Agostino's in River Grove on the 19th. Kylie Ray will be appearing for them she looks to add more gold to her um, mantle when she faces CSW Women's Champion Sky Blue. We'll also see CSW Metro Champion Jake Andrews defend against Sage Phillips. Brubaker on that show as well against Acid Jazz. And Marche Rocket takes on Nick Cutler, among other matches. Also Saturday night, West Chicago, outside of Cairo Pizza and Grill, Golly Lucha Libre will be having a show. Well, our friend Gringo Loco will be there. Rocket Pro Wrestling will do a Facebook Live on Saturday. They're a company based in Joliet, but because of the Will County restrictions especially, they can't hold live shows. So they're going to live stream an inter-county championship match between Rico Flash Paisley, who is the champion, and his challenger, Tyler Bodine. That will be Facebook Live. Check out their Facebook, Rocket Pro Wrestling. And Sunday, real quick, before we get back to Warrior on Saturday night, there's another show, Sunday, PWX, Shoot to Thrill, and that's at the Gunsmoke Grill out in Cedar Point, Illinois. And we will see Cypher as well as many other stars out there. It's a little bit of a drive for folks, about 50, 60 miles out of Chicago, but uh, they have some young up-and-comers that should be interesting to see. Now let's get to Warrior Wrestling Night 2, the stadium wow, I, series. First, I just want to say you, you should be out of breath, and I just want to give you a quick pause. Now let's go to Warrior Wrestling Night 2. All right. Saturday, September 19th, back at Dave Matillo Field, Marion Catholic High School, outdoors on the football field. Main event, Brian Pillman Jr., as we mentioned before, faces Warhorse for the Warrior Wrestling Championship. So good to see Flying Brian back. He did another show over the weekend, so he wasn't available for Warrior, but now he comes back to defend his title. Triple threat number one contenders match. The three members of the Rascals, Dez, Trey, and Zach Wentz, are facing each other 
This should be interesting. And the winner of that match, I believe, will be facing Pillman at the show on the 26th. So it's kind of like a nice little episodic feel here for Warrior setting up another title match. Or if I said Pillman, let's not, uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It could be Warhorse as the champion as well. So the winner of the three-way will face the winner of Pillman and Warhorse for the championship on September 26th. So Warrior Wrestling's got a lot of stuff going on in their title picture. And also a lot of other matches for that night two. Luchasaurus from Jurassic Express and AEW makes his Warrior Wrestling debut. He's teaming up with Ty Conti, who just joined AEW. She's a former NXT women's superstar. So that should be a little interesting pairing. And they're facing Chris Bay and Ray Lynn. So intergender mixed tag match there. Jordan Grace from Impact Wrestling finally returns to Warrior Wrestling for the first time since May of last year. She faces Kimberly. That should be an outstanding match. Alex Shelley makes another appearance. He faced the returning Jonathan Gresham. Our buddy and former podcast guest here, Sam Adonis, takes on Jake Something. Two big, burly guys. I think that's going to be an outstanding big man match. Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, a tag team from Impact Wrestling, they're going to take on a, a team that we've seen in Black Label. Violence is forever. And in fact, Kevin Koo, who was part of Violence Forever, was just on this past weekend. So he returns. He brings his partner. That should be a hard-hitting, interesting tag match there. Trey Lamar, who was on Friday Night Lights last month, he faces the, the flashy Lee Moriarty. That should be kind of cool. And then a couple of other little notes. Dan the Dad, Beastman, and the Neon Blondes will also be on the card. Obviously, their match has not been announced yet. And the two men who I believe, I'm going to come out and say it, are Robert Ingo Anthony and Frank the Clown. The two men who attacked Joey Janela will be there to address the crowd from the middle of the ring. Wow. All I can say is, wow, Mike. One, you knocked all of that down in a perfect amount of time, which is amazing. And two, now we're out of time. So that's going to be it for us today. But it's been a, what a what a what a week! Uh, a show chock full of information. If you're new to Windy City Slam, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share it with your friends. If you're old to Windy City Slam, get off your butt and tell some people about it. We've been going strong now for almost a full year, and Windy City Slam is wrestling Chicago style with Mike Pankow and myself, Chris Lanuti, all part of the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network, and it is live every Monday. At 12 p.m., with the exception of weeks where it doesn't work out. Is next week one of those weeks that it might not work out, my friend? Uh, it's very possible. Yeah, my shoot job could be throwing some more uh, curveballs at me. So, uh, the alternate yeah. day is Tuesday Live. But either way, every week you get an on-demand show. So that's a good thing. And we're going to head out the door right now. We thank you for checking in and listening to Windy City Slam. My name's Chris. That's Mike. Find us everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at WindyCitySlam.com. Bye-bye, my friend. Woo! You're screaming because my name...